Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And I'm Annie Warmke. You certainly are live and in living color. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about grants that are available to put solar on your home or, and I was trying to think of that dire straits thing, money for nothing and the panels are free. It just didn't. Wrong, wrong age for no, me. I, wrong I kept year. thinking clicks, ticks, it's supposed to rhyme with chicks. So. <laughs> Well, then that's why you didn't use it. It's International Women's Day and that would suck. Okay. But I do want to say it's also about business. Okay. You get putting solar on your business. Right, right. But yeah, you we're, said home and I, well, I don't want I mean, to confuse the issue. Yeah, well, I want to talk about some of the different um, uh, grants, tax credits, things like that that are available. Because actually, you know, to my way of thinking, solar is right now without any government assistance the cheapest, best form of electricity that's available at the residential level, at the commercial level, at the industrial level, and at the utility scale level. So, so now we start at that position and then the government has just put everything on sale. They've, they've said, okay, we're going to give you so much money to incentivize you to install solar that it almost sounds like one of those ripoff commercials, you know, so still paying for electricity, you know, that kind of thing. So um, I do want to point out that those are ripoff. They are ripoff commercials, but and they always have women talking. It's like, oh, don't well, do that. You're more trustworthy than than us, <laughs> us shyster men out there. All right. So the first thing that we'll talk about is oh. is the big dog that came last year, the Inflation Reduction Act, and thanks to our buddy Joe Manchin down in West Virginia, who was the deciding vote on this, it really is a transformative um, piece of legislation as, as far as solar is concerned. And they, they further project that off to climate change, changing the climate. You know, it's probably the most significant piece of climate legislation. And, and what's really behind it if you dig deeper and you add in the infrastructure law that was passed just the year before, the Biden administration is really looking at completely revamping, revitalizing the um, electrical grid, you know, transforming it in a way that we've never seen before, similar to how we've seen the communications grid change uh, from Ma Bell mobile phones. to to what mm -hmm. we have today, the internet, mobile phones, whatever. Yes. So, well, you just take a breath, take a tranquilo, breath. Take a breath. Uh -huh. tranquilo. I do want to say that in terms of the Reduction Act, um, that there has been a strong emphasis on uh, Appalachia and tribal lands. And that's been a real game changer, I think, because they're looking at retooling fossil fuel um, factories, you know, related fossil right. fuel businesses and the businesses that support those businesses. And, um, and so there's a lot of money pouring into small towns and um, villages and even yep. more rural areas uh, in Appalachia and tribal land. Well, we'll get that. to that here in a second. I always think of that as like the Joe Manchin provision. It's like, all right, I'll give you this thing, but as long as we get a bunch of extra money for West Virginia, then that'll be good. Well, or that extends because he owns a few. Yeah. So he wants to get, he wants to get even all richer. Right. Well, if it's his self-interest that's making this program, I'm all for it. You know, let's, let's give Joe another houseboat and uh, we'll, we'll another change the world. Boat. He lives on a houseboat. He does. Yeah. In Washington, DC called almost heaven. 
See now, why would I know that? But anyway, I have no idea, honestly. Yes. I don't. Okay. So let's talk <laughs> about the um, the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, what it did is it reinstated the thirty percent tax credit. So the 30% investment tax credit, the ITC, is essentially, it's been around for a while, but it was phasing down. We were down into like 26%. It was going to go to 22%. Then it was going to go away. Well, they kicked it back up to 30%. And this is for residential homes or it's for commercial businesses, Mm -hmm. whatever. What's a tax credit? I think that's confusing. if If you pay income taxes, then a 30% tax credit is essentially a deduction from the amount of tax you're paying. It's not an income deduction. Yeah. So if I owe $10,000 and I've got a $5,000 tax credit, now I only pay the government $5,000. So it's right off Mm -hmm. of what I owe the government. It's like real money if you're paying taxes, you know? Um, So, so 30%. So if you're paying $20,000 for your solar array, that's going to be a $6,000 tax credit. So essentially, you're only paying fourteen thousand. So that's the good news. Well, uh, uh, I mean, uh, you're going to go through more. There's more discounts. Yeah, yeah, than yeah. That. But that's the main one. That's the first one. Okay. And before, um, people would would complain a bit. They would go, "Oh, you know what? We're a nonprofit entity. We're a governmental entity. We don't pay federal taxes." So that doesn't apply to us. Well, what they did here is they said, "Yes, now this does apply to you." Um, we will give you a rebate if you don't pay federal taxes because you're a nonprofit or a government body, not because you didn't make enough money. That's that's outside of that. We'll give you a rebate. So that's that's good. So what you're going to start seeing is churches, community centers, governmental buildings, they can now participate in this tax credit um, and get 30% off the cost. Now, the kickers. Okay, there is a 10% tax credit additional if the product that you're installing is made in America. And in they've the got US, yeah, in the United uh-huh. States. So they've got some um they've got some weird, you know, of course it's government, so you got to make it complicated and X number of percentage of this in this year and next year and so on. Part of the problem was uh and this is very much by design, they're trying to get manufacturing of solar products back into the United States. We we were we did that. We invented a lot of these products, but then they were shipped off to China primarily. China made a very focused effort to become the place for manufacturing of solar panels, you know, inverters, all of they wanted to to essentially capture that industry and they did. Um but the supply chain issue with COVID really pointed out that we're in trouble if we don't have domestic manufacturing capacity. So we're trying to onshore a lot of these things like microchips, um, solar panels. So they said, all right, we'll give you an extra 10% if you buy stuff made in America. So what's happening is everybody's rushing into America now. They're they're wanting to manufacture their, their things here. But it's going to take a couple of years for that to wash out. One of the things that may be a plus about this, too, is that because of this and other kinds of uh, the word sanctions isn't the right word, but squeezing of China and their economy, we are putting the hurt on them right now from this type of uh, interaction saying it's got to be American made. We're we're drawing business back into this country 
that they traditionally have had. Yeah, I wouldn't go so far as saying we're putting the herd on China because other people are buying from China. But America is sort of taking control. And and we're we're beginning to see that this kind of program is being imitated like within the European Union. They're saying, hey, we want our own Inflation Reduction Act, which would then say you got to buy domestically. So if this catches on, well, then, yeah, China's going to have. Well, I just want to say that on the radio this morning on (laughs) public radio, which never lies, lies, true media, uh, the truth in the media, um, they were talking about this very not so much about solar, but they were talking about um, I don't remember what the word was. It was some Cold War word where when they, um, you know, put the hurt on mm-hmm. on Russia and China uh, for different reasons. And um, and so they were just talking about that, that they really are feeling a very strong pinch from how we are doing business now. I'll put it that way. Right. Our government is doing business. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I think, I think <laughs> it's great. And I think it's great that we're saying, you know, we need to be local. We need to right. solve some of these issues um, and use local products and all that. That's, we talk about that. Well, with time. solar panels, we had an additional problem because not only did, did the Trump administration put a 25% tariff on solar mm-hmm. panels, but a lot of the solar panels were being manufactured by slave labor in the Uyghur district of China. And, and so the, the U.S. government passed the law saying, listen, if it's made there with, with forced labor, you can't import it. So, so we were seeing um, a lot of the panels. And the Chinese did a bunch of shenanigans where they moved their facilities to um, Malaysia and Thailand and Cambodia. Uh, and, and, but it was still the same Chinese panels just being you know, assembled there. Uh, and so 80% of the panels in the United States were being imported from those four Southeast Asian nations, but they were effectively Chinese panels just going around. Um, there's a lawsuit around underway. Yeah. Anyway, so let's move past that because made in America. Good, good. And, and there is some debate whether or not this particular provision is going to apply to residential. I did hear one podcast where they said, yes, we feel that as a residential buyer, you can take part of this 10%. Um, that's unclear mm-hmm. at the moment. But here's the so. thing too. Don't these companies, these American made product companies, don't they have to pay the prevailing wages so that it's really more supporting? Yes. Union? Yeah. In and fact, that's very good. I yeah, think to take advantage of these kickers, these incentives, you, you do have to pay prevailing wage. So the industry is not going to be like a Walmart kind of industry where low wages, I mean, prevailing wages, essentially union wage, whether it's union right. or not. But I have to ask myself, who are the solar panel police? Who are the solar panel business police? Well, ultimately it will be the IRS because this is a tax thing. So, well, let's hope, so if you've let's defunded the that. IRS, yes, that's, you know, I know so, they've hired a lot of new people, but I think they're going off well, after the small taxpayer. It's going to be self-policing because these are usually big investors and they're going to say, you need to provide me with conformity uh, you know, the installers, they're going to yeah. say, provide me with the fact that you bought these things domestically, provide me with the fact that you're paying, paying prevailing wage. And so they're going to police it. The investment community is going to police it. Let me jump in the, the next kicker. All right. A 10% low income, right? That's something that you were sort of alluding to, um, where if you install these panels in a low income area, you'll get another 10%. 
and and that's being defined. What is low income? We still don't have really clear guidance on that. And then if it's in a traditional fossil fuel area, West Virginia, tribal lands, uh, a brownfield, yeah, a lot of these places, um, then you get another 10%. So when you add all those up, you can get as much as 60% tax credit. Now, again, this applies to commercial, industrial, and utility. The, the only ones that apply to residential are the 30% you get right away and maybe the 10% American made. But the other ones, the low income kicker, the traditional fossil fuel kicker, that's commercial, industrial, and utility. Um, nonprofits, as I mentioned, can get rebates. Now, another thing that was part of the Inflation Reduction Act. But wait, your note says that they can sell them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's another reason that the investment community likes this is uh, as an investor, I'm now due a a, um, tax credit, but I may not be in a tax position where that's really desirable or I want the money right up front on this so I can sell those tax credits to another investor who can then take advantage of those. Now I'll obviously sell it at a discount. I was going to say so, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. No, so I sell, let's say I've got $100,000 worth of tax credits. I sell it to another guy for 75000 I get the money right now. He gets the money when he files taxes or that entity does. You know, they made a pretty healthy return on their money, 33% in one year. Uh, and that helps fund my, my upfront investment. So, so that's just something when you get in playing with the big boys, you know, but but for those people who are listening to this, don't worry about that particular provision. (laughs) (laughs) And, and another thing about the, um, the, uh, inflation reduction act is they did give incentives for, um, buying electric vehicles. So that's kind of cool. Um, they're, they're incentivizing, you can take a $7,500, um, tax credit. If you buy an electric vehicle, now there are a lot of provisions. You can't earn megabucks. So there's an income cap on that. Plus you can't buy super fancy cars. It's like limited to 55. But I also wonder how long's the waiting list for these things, because people have been telling me like the Ford F-150 EV is a year waiting list. Yeah. Let me touch on that. But at this moment, I want to remind everybody that you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke, reminding you it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. And thank God. Thank God. All right. Maybe. 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 Well, this is, I think this is a transition point. This is a big transition point. And there's a lot of money involved. Just to finish up on the tax credits. You mean from the government? Yeah, at the moment. You're so you're so excited to talk about. It. I know, you're hey, like ninety money, miles an money, hour, money, and I'm money, like, money, money, I'm gonna money. like you know touch your arm so you take a breath and All I can right. say something. So the electric vehicle credits, the other kicker in this, you're talking about waiting lists. These have to be made in the United States. The vehicles. Yeah, assembled in the United States, and the products that are part of them have to be manufactured. The lithium and the batteries have to be mined here in the United States. So there are no electric vehicles that qualify for this at the moment. So who's monitoring that? What EV? Well, that's going to be something that the manufacturers will have to say, 
ours qualifies. You know, as soon as they qualify, they're going to just promote that all over the place. You know, every commercial is going to see, get a $7,500 tax Where credit. Where does the lithium come from in the United States? Well, there were not a lot of lithium mines, but there are actually, uh, they had closed a bunch. There was in Washington State, there's out in Nevada, there's up in Michigan, there's down in Florida. Lithium is just a salt. And, and so there is salt, there is lithium available. It's just that it's been cheaper to get it from China or Actually, the, a lot of it was manu- or mined in in Argentina, Bolivia, Chile. Um, but right. but it, then the cells are made in China and all that. Anyway, all of that's coming home. Now that may be a, a downside. I mean, now we're going to have mining operations in some of these well, then locations. Then there goes my question. I always ask, "What's the what's true? What's the downside? Cost? Yeah, well, no, I, no, I don't not know. even the downside. What's the true cost? Because that's what it comes to. Well, we'll find out. Hopefully, we'll transition to another battery technology very quickly. Well, aren't they working uh, on that oh, pretty hard? There's a lot of options yeah. out there. Uh, there's also some money for charging stations. Uh, not in this bill, but the government has some. There's a so program just, called Consumers Power. Just to explain that if you have an electric car, you have to be able to plug it in to charge it. That's and that's what plan. a charging station is. Yeah. So, in fact, even our little podunk uh, uh, co-op, you know, electrical <laughs> co-op, will give us up to $250 for um, a charging station. So that's good. All right, let me jump then on to REAP, REAP grants. REAP stands for Rural Energy for America Program. REAP, they love these acronyms. It's run through the USDA, United States Department of Agriculture. And um, it is a program that only applies to agriculture and small rural businesses. This is not something as a homeowner that you can participate in. So I wanna make sure that's clear. But as part of the Inflation Reduction Act, thank Uncle Joe Manchin and Uncle Joe Biden, everybody's Uncle Joe, moving kind of slow. Anyway, um, <laughs> they're- the, At the junction. At the junction, right? <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's, um, uh, they, the, they increase the amount of money that is in this program by a lot, like four times as much money. Um, So it used to be you could only get a grant for 25% of the installation. Now, if you qualify, and this is a competitive grant, you don't automatically get it like a tax credit, um, then you can get up to 40% of uh, the cost of the um, Installation. So you could get 40% from that and 60% from the other, and then you're really basically free. Money. Free. free. So you have to free. put it up front, but yeah, but you but get it still. all back in tax credits. And we, I haven't even talked about accelerated depreciation. If you're a business, you can de- deduct the entire cost in one, in the first year and, and take a tax, not a tax credit, but it's a tax deduction. So you can actually end up through the tax code here, installing solar on your business and coming away making money by doing it. But a lot of the evaluations that I've been doing for the REAP program, I do some of those here in Ohio, um, I'm coming back with paybacks of one year, you know, 1.2 years, just for the cost of the electricity. And these are 25 or 30 year systems. So like I said, at the beginning of the program, you know, it's never been cheaper. The The cheapest option is solar for electricity. And now it's massively on sale. 
you know. Yeah. So, so who can apply for this? Well, it's agricultural producers. They they define that as a business that makes more than fifty percent of their income off of agricultural products, you know, livestock or or whatever. Um, they're, I think, pretty loosey goosey as to what that means. Like agrotourism would qualify as agricultural, mm -hmm. um, but it is a business and it's aimed towards farmers. Well, even That's, things like grain dryers. Oh, I mean, sure, it's not sure. just some individual farmers have those, but there are also community ones. Right. Uh, anything that supports that industry as well, I think, would probably. Probably, fall. yeah. I did one for a guy who makes feed bags. You know, well, yeah. feed bags is, is a product. But then it also applies to rural businesses, agricultural or not. And they define rural as if you're in a community or a jurisdiction that has 50,000 or fewer people. And they have a, a, a little part of is it, most of Ohio. Eastern, <laughs> Eastern the seaboard. Get and, rid of uh, Cleveland, and Columbus, and Cincinnati. California and everything in between is less than right. 50,000 pretty much. Yeah. And they do have a nice thing on their website uh, when you go into the REAP program where you can just plug in your address and it'll say you qualify or you don't qualify mm -hmm. as a rural business. So that's kind of nice. Um, so, so a lot of people are eligible for this as long as they're a business, not a, not a home. Um, so 40%, not bad. There are um, a couple of applying deadlines. They only go through the grant process awarding twice a year. So there's a deadline March 31st. So you have to apply prior to that. Yes. And then the second, the next deadline's October 31st. So you, it's in six month increments. If you miss the March 31st deadline, then you're in the next one. So you won't actually get awarded it until almost the end of the year, probably based on. You. Oh, so, so even though you apply and they say you can have it, you have to wait till October or March. No, they right now, assuming you miss the March deadline, then the next time you can actually apply is October 31st. So you uh, put all the paperwork together, you throw it into their hopper. I don't know how long they take to review it, probably a couple of months. So you probably won't know that you got the grant until January you know, somewhere in there, maybe February, who knows. Um, but then you get the money and you've got a certain amount of time to spend it. Um, so that's good. They also have a loan program, a guaranteed loan program, where you can get up to 75% of the cost of your system guaranteed. And, and apparently the way this works, I'm not that full of details on that, is that you negotiate your loan and then they guarantee it. You know, so right. the federal government is kind of so this is more of you don't have good credit kind of uh, situation. Maybe you'll get a lower uh, rate. I don't know. Well, the other thing, too, is that you you can't borrow all of the money from anywhere. You have right. 25 percent has to come out of your pocket. Right. And you can get a combination of the grant, 40 percent, and then you could get some loan guarantee, but it can't exceed 75 percent of the total project. Mm -hmm. So that's good. And and then another. Um, option that's out there, another place to get money are called RECs, Renewable Energy Certificates, or SRECs when they're targeted directly towards solar. And an SREC, uh, there are only a few states, and they happen to be sort of right in the Great Lakes Midwest kind of region. The states that have only a few RECs, states, that have RECs, that have oh, these SRECs. Most Ohio, states. Ohio is not one of them. Ohio is one of them. They are. I thought yeah. we didn't have them. I we do, they, but well, they're not worth they're, much. Yeah, they're yeah. such a like pennies. Yeah. So the states that do have an SREC program are Ohio, Illinois, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Washington, D.C., 
Delaware, North Carolina, and Virginia. So those are the states where you can participate in the SREC program, but not every SREC program in every state is the same. And, and what this is is an incentive for, for you to sign up and, and install. It's like carbon credits is basically what it's like. You sell your carbon credits, your it's SRECs. All, it's all virtual, really. On the market. Yeah. It's, um, well, these vary a lot. Like in Ohio, an SREC, which represents one megawatt hour of production from your, from your system. So that's a thousand kilowatt hours. Um, that sells for $5, right? So you get five bucks a year for an SREC. But if I lived in Massachusetts, I would get $278 for that SREC. So our little solar array at Blue Rock Station, we generate about 12 um, megawatts a year, you know, for this little solar array. It's basically one megawatt a month. Well, in Ohio, our 12 would garner us a big 60, 60 bucks. Um, <laughs> so, so as a result, we've never really applied for it. We haven't set it up. It just was not worth the, the yeah, energy or the effort. once a year, you announce exactly yeah. what we would have had if we lived in Massachusetts, <laughs> Well, in Massachusetts, a lot of money. Yeah, 300 bucks more or less times 12. I mean, now you're up into, uh, the what, $3,600? Let's make sure I did that. Yeah. So $3,600 isn't something to sneeze at. And that's not for anything. I mean, that's just carbon credits. And, and it's even better if you're in Washington, D.C. It's $410 a wreck. New Jersey, 223 But Illinois takes the cake, right? Because Illinois' SRECs are, are selling, they're only selling for like $80 right now. At least that's the best number I could find. But they will pay you 15 years up front when wow. you install the system. So on they're, top they're, of- They're the gambling boys. Yeah, so on top of all of these other incentives, you can get a big check back from the state of Illinois like for your recs. Yeah. So I've, I've talked to some installers in Illinois and they're saying, hey, when we put the numbers together, I mean, our customers are getting $10,000 back, you know, not, well, they have to pay up front, but they get it all. Right. But now so they're actually making $10,000. Now for the installers, it gets a little bit dicey because the government says, yeah, we're paying for these 15 years that thing better produce what you're claiming it's going to yeah, produce. So don't fake it. Yeah. And so, so oftentimes you're estimating or guesstimating and saying, I think it's going to produce this much over the period of time. It doesn't. Well, you as the installer are liable for that under production and, and the government could in theory come after you. But there uh, so, are no solar police. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe not. But in what what it's done is it's made people good installers conservative in their estimates of what mm -hmm. these systems will actually produce. But that's what installers learn anyway. Is you know, oh, over produce over like have a bigger system to make sure you cover it, but don't guarantee anything. Well, that's what I teach when I'm teaching solar yeah. is saying, uh, you know, under promise over deliver. Yeah. But unfortunately out there in the industry, not everybody behaves that way. Often they're, they're selling pipe dreams 
to consumers. And and as a, a final thought on this, because I'm obviously very hyped about solar, but <laughs> we're in this if moment. If people really knew you, they know just how hyped you are. Yeah, well, we're in this moment now yeah. where people, we've got the aluminum siding salespeople going out there and you'll see these YouTube commercials or you're still paying for electricity and people are banging on doors saying, I'll sell you this stuff. And it's, it usually is overpriced, underdelivered. And oftentimes these people are pretty shady characters. So buy, buy solar, right? If you want solar, go out and buy it. Don't be sold solar. You know, don't let somebody convince you, you need solar, go out, find a couple, get a couple of bids. There are a lot of reputable people out there Buy the solar. Well, we're out of time. And you have been listening been like a roller coaster <laughs> today. You have been listening to when the biomass hits the wind turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. I am here. We want to thank our effervescent producer, <laughs> Adam Rich. And we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is play nice with others, clean up your own mess, and eat some veggies. Right under the sun. Till next time. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at blueRockstation.com.